Attention. The National Weather Service has issued a hurricane warning for the entirety of the National Hockey League. Please stay tuned for further information from the Storm Cellar. Welcome back to the Storm Cellar. Uh, Brad Rayer here. Uh, Daniel Wagner is with us again. Welcome back to Daniel. Uh, we might even have a couple other guests joining us uh, if they happen to pop in. Uh, we really didn't have a plan for the week. It was a slow week, Ray. Two games on tap. We'll cover both of those. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about injuries, both people being injured and people getting healthy. Um, we've obviously talked to Daniel before, but we'll catch up and see what's new in his life. But what about you, Ray? How are things in your world? Things in my world are fantastic, uh, mostly because of Daniel. And it's not enough that, you know, he's he's joined us on the show. We had a great show before. We brought him back this time. Gives me an app, uh, an opportunity to publicly thank him for one of the most generous gifts I've ever received. Uh, we yeah, got, right. Uh, and it, he did it for the both of us. Made, made a point of sending him out. Uh, made it through customs. Landed to me just in time. Before last night's contest, I got uh, one of those beautiful, only 10,000 made uh, 25th anniversary hats, and they are fantastic. Uh, I used it in my tweet last night, but I haven't worn it. And I made a point of saying it's now not wearing a hat seems disrespectful to the hat itself but there's a point where it get it's too much you don't want to wear it you don't want to funk it up with head sweat and all the rest of it i'm seriously right. like yeah. and i've got and i've got my 2006 stanley cup autographed hat and it's beside it i mean that's where Same. it stays right now because mm -hmm. it's just too awesome so daniel bottom of my heart thank you i loved it i was very excited to have it and also, as I pointed out to Daniel, the Hurricanes are unbeaten while I have possessed that hat. So there you yeah, go. Big things. KDX are the best. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Ray. Mine is sitting beside my 2006 Stanley Cup Finals hat. And uh, and yeah, there there shall remain as part of the collection, right? It's great. It's great. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us and for the hat because that lid is nice. Hey, well, I mean, anything for some uh, fellow jerks. And I, I've Ray, whenever I saw the hats, because I looked at the at my phone, I was like, "What's the giveaway today?" I was like, "Oh, hats." I was like, "All right." And then I got in and saw the hat, and I looked at my wife. I was like, "You can't keep these." She's like, "Why?" I was like, "Well, Ray's been a fan of the team like longer oh than God. they've been in Raleigh." I was like, "And Brad has been a huge fan of the team." I was like, "They don't have the opportunity to get these." It's like, "What am I gonna do with these two hats?" Because she wasn't gonna wear it and. I was like, you know what? I, I was like, I better, I better get a hold of them and ask them if they want it. So, oh my gosh, that was, it was super so amazing. great, so great, very and generous. It, and I'm looking ahead to the uh, bobbleheads. I don't know what I'm. I, I don't think I can do anything with the Aho bobbleheads because that happens to be my wife's birthday. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think this yeah. fetch, this fetch, and the Jarvis bobbleheads need to be swapped because fetches is being given away against the Jets, and uh, and uh. Jarvis is being given away against Ottawa. And I'm like, you probably should switch those around, but it's probably yeah. based on when they're getting Yeah, out. the hometown kid, right? Yeah. So with the with those bobbleheads, I'll probably only keep one and probably find uh, somebody on Twitter 
that that definitely needs one uh especially if they don't have the opportunity to yeah to actually, like super cool to very, like very cool. actually come here because we got i mean i might even i mean customs to canada that was a little pricier. Never mailed anything to Canada. A little pricier than I than I thought it would be. So, yeah, no I question. Mean, I'm down for Finland, Australia, whoever's listening in. Yeah. So, well, Ray, Ray will be in town in February. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And here's something. You know what? Now I'm I'm just thinking of of it. Wasn't the re- the reason maybe why Svetch is getting the bobblehead when Winnipeg uh, tied to the Jets? That that was the team that he scored his first uh, Michigan on, correct? When is didn't he did he score one against Calgary? When the Calgary one he first? Did, I, no, I think the Calgary, Calgary one was, was second. second. I think Calgary was second. It was Winnipeg that he did it to first. So maybe that's the reason why a little mojo. They're looking for another one. He's tried it a couple of times, hasn't he? Like yeah. he's gotten behind there looking for that for that he, chance he tried it again against calgary i, I remember yeah. going back behind the net trying to pick it up he just couldn't get it fast enough oh, yeah ray, I, I hate to correct you ray uh, uh yeah, Ca- calgary in october and then he did it in december against winnipeg ah there it is okay i i, I thought they were switched around and, and you it, call yourself a fan oh <laughs> that's it kick me out of the cellar kick me out of the all, cellar. all because of the minutiae of the details i know right that always gets you every time right um uh so let's let's get into it because you know it was kind of a slow week and i've already purged whatever happened on tuesday from my memory uh brad saw fit to uh remind everyone in great detail that uh i fully expected a victory on tuesday night uh that we were definitely going to win that one and and be winners of four straight and i sat and watched that game i'm told and uh, like brad's got all of the details of me texting him in the middle of the game i don't remember any of it guys i've purged it from my memory i don't know i he says that I predicted it and it was happening. We lost to the Ducks, really? I don't at least it was an OTL. I mean Yeah. You know, it's yeah, I, I I was listening to I was re-listening to that on the way back from work yesterday. Uh, I had to go in for emergency uh to replace some some wireless equipment. And it was just one of those when I heard it, I just started cracking up in the car. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna have to put one of those of mine up there too, sometime as a reminder, just to, just to keep it all equal. But it, it was. I thought it was funny, but realistically, the more important thing we said on this program was, you got to get the points that you got to get. Right. Yeah. Some points are more valuable than others, is how we phrased it. Yeah. You pick up seven of eight on the West Coast part of the roadie. You pick up the two against the Islanders last night, which means you beat Pittsburgh. You got two there. You get two from the Islanders. Those are the important four points you needed on this trip to pick up the two against Detroit would be phenomenal. But yeah. right now you're sitting with nine out of 10 points in five games. You're five Oh and one in your last six. It's great. It's Daniel, great. Uh, for, so for Daniel, does the mood not just maybe, maybe for, speak for yourself, but also what you see talking to other Kaniacs, it feels like the weights lifted. I don't feel like anybody is back to like, we're definitely going to win the cup mode, but 
but I feel like everybody can breathe now. And I'm seeing people like, okay, things are going to be okay. Things are going to be all right. I don't feel like people were there a few weeks ago. So, I mean, I, I was at the Coyotes game. I mean, I was at all, I've been at all the home games, but I was at the Coyotes game and the, I have in the, there, like in certain sections, there's four, there where you come out and it's section on each side and the middle section has four seats in the first three rows uh, that are right there next to the tunnel. So my wife and I have the first two seats next to the wall. So therefore that leaves two seats open next to me and then behind us. Or the, I know that those seats are not taken by any season ticket members. So a family of six purchased those tickets and they were Avalanche fans. They just happened to be in town because two that they sat next to us were in the military and the family was from Colorado and they would not stop comparing the Canes to the, the Avalanche. And they were like, they just look really flat tonight. And I was like, this is the lowest point because now I have to listen to them talking the whole game and they're just not playing <laughs> very well. And uh, but like that was kind of like the low leading into kind of what we're seeing the growth. And I feel like from that game, I think that was that was really a learning moment for everybody because Burnsy, all of them started to pick up their game. And it, honestly, I think, you know, they even said it last night. Uh, Jarvis really like turned over, turned the corner in that Boston game. Uh, but the past, I mean, the, this road trip, I mean, the whenever we picked up the wins we got one overtime win granted we still gave you know pittsburgh a point uh and then we we finished we're not even finished but halfway through we give up we still gain a point but we give up one to uh anaheim yeah uh i mean they're playing better a lot better there's a lot more confidence it's not just natchez svetch and aho last night a little bit of promise i know we're getting at that one a little later um but yeah, I've even around this. Hopefully, whenever I come in on on Star Wars night, that the feeling is a bit one more festive because it's Star Wars night, and two people are really feeling good about the game. And yeah. and you know, well, they should. I like. I, I think uh, to it was it was definitely the Boston. To me, I, I know you're saying that we kind of turned the corner at the end of the Arizona game and stuff, and 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 whether you say the end of the coyote game or we say like, or what we have said uh, and as much as last week where the turning point was Boston. I mean, those games happened back to back, right. And we're in Boston. They woke up, even though they lost, even though they lost in overtime, they woke up because they were actually playing their game. And from that point on, they were just, they were just great. And I've, I've loved the contributions like Jarvis, who has uh, who had struggled, but he's he's doing great. I that Ducks game though, even Rod after the game, he just said we were we were gassed and almost like he didn't say checked out of the game, but they all to to a man had basically said they just this is not the game that we play. This is not, and there is no real explanation to it, but they just knew they wanted to be home. And so they got their little bit of rest at home. And then they drop into the Islanders who uh, the Islanders do us a favor by 
uh, nipping the devils the night before. Uh, Absolutely. Keep keep them reeled in a little bit and stuff, which is nice. We'll get our shot at the devils here, uh, not too far in the distance. And um, it, it, it was nice to see. And we, and we took advantage. I was a little surprised at last night's contest, mostly because of the starting lineup announcement. Brad, you posted it, and I was like, first of all, I had not heard that Aho had been injured. So I, they said he would be out for the game, and I'm like, oh crap, what what happened to Aho? You have that initial panic, right? <laughs> so he's like, Aho's out. What? You know, <laughs> you start freaking out. He can't be out. What are you talking about? But you know. It's like the, and of course, Rod did much better than just put all the names in a blender. But it's like he put all the names in a blender. It just seemed weird. And when Stastny goes from where he was, invisible on the fourth line up to the first line, I was like, well, this is a, this is an interesting experiment, isn't it? My first thought was, is that a typo? Yeah. You know, like. And then, and then my second thought was, this is Rod Brindamore. No. Yeah. You know, any, any, I f- truly believe Rod feels that any of our forwards can play on any line at any given time, given the circumstances. And my tweet was, maybe this gets stats going, right? Maybe this gives him a little something. And sure enough, to kind of jump into the Isles game recap, puts the first one on the board. Beautiful pass from Svechnikov. Oh. Open net. He takes his time. He makes sure he buries it because he's missed a few open nets this year. You know, this yep. this should not be his first goal as it came, but it is. But and we and we've all seen it with these guys, right? Sometimes you just get one, and then mentally you're you're through the block, and now your game starts improving. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe Brendan Moore's magician, but it, yeah. it certainly worked out last night. I mean, if you look at the Ducks game, Stastny had about nine minutes on ice. I mean, the fourth line, if when we're down, doesn't really get called that much. Um, I'm still waiting for that bump-up shift where the fourth line comes out and scores a goal right after we scored a goal. That that would just... Still waiting. I, I called that one. It's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I think giving him more ice time was a bigger point because... Uh, I mean, he's kind of somebody that needs that time to really get going. And and we're not bringing out the second power play to start off the power play unless that unless, you know, our stars on that first line are just gassed. And that was the only way I could foresee him getting going was that second power play. And even then he acts more of us. He acts more table. He's a distributor trying to get it to other people. Yeah, 21 goals last year. And I mean, there's plenty of plenty of games left. He can re uh he can eclipse that 21 goals. There's lots of time for him to get hot. And indeed, if he does, there's the secondary scoring that every that every team is desperate for, especially when they're going into the playoffs. But no matter what, it's your it's your special teams secondary scoring and goaltending that's gonna keep your season 
either from being a success or a complete and utter failure. So he's got time to come around and I'm going to ask a really off the cuff question here about Stasny. Do you see him after he scored the goal? Is he, is he missing his first front two teeth or is that his mouth guard that is painted black in the middle just for, for fun? It looks like he's missing his front two teeth. I, I thought he was missing his, his one of the front ones and the one beside it on one side, but for yeah. sure it looked like he, I, and I didn't realize that I didn't realize that he had, I know, didn't realize it either yeah, that he put in, uh, that he had false ones. So we got a, a close look at him in Calgary and I didn't, you know, I'm right on the glass for the warm up skate. I didn't know, you know, I didn't notice any missing teeth and stuff, man. That's he's hardcore man that's a hockey look if anything and when he scored that big smile comes out and is like whoa no chiclets <laughs> where, and, where are they and i think it looks like coke and yammy got his fixed <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. how about kk last night hey that that another good performance goal. glad to see him also just they, they don't need to take they don't need to catch fire but they need to start contributing. If KK is going to be a two centered, he's got to put points on the board. There's no question. Yeah. I know there are people who have started hating on the contract and things. I still think worst case is he is a moderately priced third line center for when Stahl decides to retire. Yeah. And we know he can play on the second, third, and fourth line. So I'm not worried about KK long-term other than, you know, the, the pressure that, that he was under in Montreal to perform. Don't repeat those mistakes here. Yeah. And luckily, Brendan Moore and the coach and staff aren't going to do that, even if we as fans might. Uh, Turbo last night. Daniel, what, what did you think of his play? Turbo, I mean, he's a great puck distributor. He had a couple good shots on the net. Uh, yeah. I was battling uh, ESPN Plus and their VPN blocking system last night for a little uh, while, so I had to come up with some crafty ways to get around that. Uh, nice. So I missed out a, a little bit of it, but yeah, Turbo definitely. There was only a couple points where I was like, Turbo, you're standing right next to the defenseman. Can you like skate over to the other side of the ice where it's open? Yeah, uh, he still looks like he's trying to, to put it all together, but he's a lot closer to Turbo last year. But I, I there's this. There, I have a strategy with or a thought on Tavo. If he has the least amount of hits on the whole team. I really feel as though that he, it's not that he doesn't like to hit people. It's that he wants to be invisible. He's trying to be a ghost. So like, if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't make you aware that he's even there, eventually you're just going to be like, ah, you're going to forget that he's there because you're not worried. You have no threat coming from him. You're just like, oh, well, there's really no threat over there. And then he releases a, a wrister on your goalie. And you're just like, okay, maybe there is a threat there or, <laughs> or he's, or he threads that pass through the blue. Oh, like whenever he came up, whenever he pushed up the thread, the pass through the, through the center, that was ridiculous on the power play. It was, I was just like, I wish we would have nailed that because actually, if you go back, even, uh, against the ducks, we haven't scored a power play goal in the last two games. So I was going to bring up over four in the last two. It doesn't feel as critical when you're winning though. Right. I mean, yeah, five on five. (laughs) I mean, after last night, like, uh, I, I think that anybody, I mean, the NHL should be on notice because, like, we put Nason on the third line and he fills in for Faust. And it's like 
that Nason is a guy who's blue collar. He brings a lunch, a pale lunch to the to the rink, and he's gonna get in there, roll up his sleeves, and go to work. It doesn't matter where you put him. But he excelled really well last night. That uh, he did. And got so, that assist on the stall goal, right? That yep. makes that makes me in my mind go, well, you know, what if we need a jump? Because you can put Faust up on the first line. You can put Faust on the second line if you need yeah. to need to get a little bit of a four check jump on that line to make it a little bit more physical. So Nason has really just kind of opened up how this chessboard can can op- can really be in the playoffs. Like it's not going to be like last year where you know last change matters. It's you're going to have to deal with the line combinations that we can run out there. Go ahead, Brad. I was going to say, you know what I noticed, especially the last few games I've been watching. We know that Carolina's defense fills in. That's one of the reasons guys like KK aren't getting the points. In the Ducks game, you have a defenseman in on a defenseman gets a point on each of the three goals. Yeah. Shea scores the first goal, Slavin gets an assist on the second, and Burnsy gets an assist on the third goal. Last night, Shea gets an assist on the first one, Burns on the second. They don't get you don't have a defenseman on that third goal, the stall goal. You get that from Nason and Martinuk, but just well-rounded, right? We're we're getting we're getting those defensive guys into the play like we want. That's the style that we play, and, and they're factoring in. And just a reminder as we think about scoring and balance, that's going to you know every time a defenseman gets an assist, that's potentially taking away an assist from a forward. Is kind of how I look at it, right? You, there's only two assists to be given. If the yeah. you know if the puck touches three guys, only two of them are getting assists. So. As we look to spread things around, getting those guys moving and seeing guys like Statsny or Nazan, uh, you know, even like Jack Drury, it, it, it's long term, right? We just need build momentum. And I feel like that's what they're starting to do now. So are they cup ready? No. Are they starting to put it together in hopefully the right way where things are kind of building up to a crescendo? I think they are. And that's really exciting for me. Power play still an issue. 0 for 4, especially against a team like the Ducks, not good. Yeah. You know, the Islanders no. last night were pretty tired, but I thought we outworked the Islanders pretty thorough. I, I didn't feel bad about really any parts of the game last night. To, to be fair. To be fair. To, to be, be fair. fair. The, uh, like, even though there were no finishes the the no results in the anaheim power play efforts it was dangerous and they made a number of great plays some some big saves prevented that one from from happening from them actually converting they were moving uh tavo was a part of it too uh on the power play i it was it was great i really enjoyed it i it was like it's frustrating that it didn't work out, but in the end, you know, they look better. They were moving the puck better. They were generating those grade A prime opportunities to score. And that's what you want, right? And and those are going to pay off eventually. And also, to be fair, to be last, fair. Night, last night, we one of the power plays was only 19 seconds long. Recall true. at the start, there was that plethora of interference. Everyone was interfering with everyone in the ref's eyes. 
and tons of penalties thrown all over the place. It seemed bizarre. I was like, like I was looking at, and they showed the replays. I had the Islanders feed, and I was looking at it, and even the Islanders announcer, uh, Butch Goring, he's like, you know that, and he said it for both teams, so it wasn't a very, it wasn't a homer. Like he goes, you know. Yes, technically that's interference, but man, that's that's really really tight. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, that's... you are allowed to, but you are going to. It, you know, it's a it's a small rink, right? You're going to bump into other players who don't have the puck at times, right? And it's there weren't blatant ones, but all of the calls were correct. All of them did qualify as interference. But you got a situation where you're going to have, if everyone called the games exactly like that, there'll be 15, 20 power plays a game. Yeah, you I know, think I added sent, up for both sides. I think I sent Ray some words when that, the, I think, was it Jarvis penalty, the second one? Yeah. To make so it a 503. Because <laughs> I'm like, like, you know, where was Jarvis supposed to go? I mean, he was coming in, he basically is held up there, the net's in front of him. Was it technically interference? Sure. But if you're going to call that, then oh. as Ray just said, the whole game is going to be special teams. If, 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 that's, if that's what you think interference needs to be called on, you know. Yeah. Three minutes, like, it was it, three, four minutes into the game. Like, come on, guys. And, and if they had spread, if, if all of those calls were spread out throughout the game, I think it would have gone relatively unnoticed because, you know what I mean? It was sure. like they they jammed them all into that, you know, two minute segment of time. And it was like, what the heck's going on here? That is not a five on three worthy penalty, if that makes no, sense. No, no. Because not they're not going to pull it by the rule book. They're going to do game management. If it's five on five and you call that, okay, I can get it. Or like you said, if it's spread out, fine. When you're already on the penalty kill to call that interference. Mm. is like it reminds me of growing up you know in north carolina tobacco road playing basketball and you have to call your own fouls oh. and somebody somebody's like oh that's a foul you're like that is the most ticky tack baby foul i've ever done no we're not that's not a foul we're not calling that one like yeah maybe by the letter of the law that's a foul but no it's really not <laughs> yeah i i agree with you 100 percent i mean what where are we at? I mean, uh, I'm, th this sounds like I'm setting you up, Daniel, but where are we are at? Where were you at thinking about the calls last night, uh, the, the officiating? Did, did that ever become a factor? Or was it really just the Islanders being gassed from the, from the victory that they pulled out the night before? I mean, well... I, I want to point out if you look at shots on goal that was recorded for uh, uh, NHL, they're saying there's 29. If you remember last night, they at one point there was 33 shots on goals. They keep subtracting shots on goals. Uh, they were definitely they were definitely gassed, but I mean, whenever they pull their goalie at like seven minutes and you run in like the they're just on D the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can see that they were gassed, but the interference calls, that just comes down to, like, I think because the rule book for the NHL is so large and so convoluted and really hard, 
They treat it like a Bible study class where you have certain sections you have to read every day and and like digest <laughs> it. And that just happened to be the section they that digested. They read that day for the yeah, day. <laughs> like they all come, like I could just imagine like the, the head ref comes out. He's like, okay, go ahead and turn to page 312. Today we're going to cover the interference rule. And that's all they talked about. Yeah. They're like, okay, well. <laughs> Here's the points that I want you guys to do. Whenever we go out there, look for interference. These are the things that we need to do so we can yeah. actually learn how to do this. Uh, too bad it wasn't goalie interference that they should have been focusing on. Uh, but I yeah. honestly, with the with all those calls, I'm trying not to get as carried away with refs just because they're human. And yeah. we, I mean, even whenever I was so upset with the Boston game and wrote, <laughs> messaged Brad, I told him, I was like, it's rigged this this is totally rigged yeah. i mean going into boston and with, I, an, it, with an official who, who's from boston but i i feel as though that that's just the, the cheap my like cheap response like oh it, uh, it definitely is i mean yeah i uh, i think it's fair to say not to cut you off but referees have biases like you can certainly see there there are absolutely refs that throughout history that you can go oh, like that guy's got a grudge i don't know why that that guy but by and large i think they tend to do a good job in what i really do think is the hardest sport to officiate because a puck is one by three the game is super fast there's a lot of bodies i mean for for those of us old really old guys who remember one referee system yeah. instead of a two referee system that was even worse because the referees fall on the puck and the dirty stuff going on behind the play could get really, really, uh, you know, I would say really out of hand. So consistency is the only thing we could hope for. I thought last night they were at least consistent. I, I thought putting I thought putting the team ahead on a 5-on-3 that early in the game wasn't an appropriate call for that call. But like Ray said, had that been 10 minutes later, yeah, that's, you know, I, I get it. They They were calling things that were, you know. At least, at least relatively consistent like, throughout the game. And, and the that's, letter. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's all you can really do. It's, you know, the, anytime I think about refereeing the day after, if I'm telling my son about referees, I always explain what a difficult job it is. You know, and after the fact, if, if they're just consistent, if they miss calls for both sides, or if they decide we're going to let this kind of ticky tack thing go, we're only going to call these big things. That's fine. We all, I mean, we all know refereeing changes in the playoffs, right? It's a lot more physical. You can get a lot more hooking and grabbing going on before they typically will call things. And I don't like that because I think in part because the Kane style of play is hampered by that and it's not as fun to watch, but at least it's consistent generally. I actually took a screenshot of the Boston refs just so that I could see if they end up on any playoff, uh, you know, four set of four. I was like, I'm, I'm, recording this for future yeah reference. for future reference geez eh? yeah Let, let's uh let's jump into the injury situation with this team we've got lots to talk about um of course the panic that i had i've already touched on it with aho being out i the word was that it was uh just an accumulation of uh, you know, lower body issues and stuff like that. Just you know, bumps, bruises, grind. I mean, it's a it's a difficult game, right? So, I get it. I was stunned that it was against the Islanders that he was taken out. Um, 
I thought that would have caused us a whole lot more problems uh, than it did. And then Bost being out in the same as well. And it's like, holy cow, like this is, I'm, I'm hoping that we're not in those. You see it every year where some teams, the injury bug is, it goes through the team very quickly and viciously. Like you were, you're just a team is wiped out for injuries. Uh, Colorado right now. Yeah. Colorado, especially right now. That's the one that, that jumps out. I mean, uh, that's their farm team that's playing most nights. You know what I mean? And it's just, it, it it's crazy out there. Um, so hopefully those guys come back quickly, but we we're getting more good news, which leads to more issues. And we touched on it last week. It deserves talking about again, Anderson, Mr. Anderson is, is getting closer to getting back. We still don't know what it is unless, unless they've actually read, we still don't know. They say he's getting healthier, but what, what it is, we don't know when he gets back. What then? And Daniel might be able to correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Freddie skated in an actual practice this week, which per Rod Brindamore means now we can ask questions. So Walt Ruff, if you're listening, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. I don't I don't think we're going to know. You know, it's one of the, especially with Anderson, especially if it's something that could, he could re-injure. Like, you know, we don't want the other teams to know. We've talked about, yeah. you know, uh, a, a lower body injury is anything below the neck. An upper body injury is anything above the ankles. Yeah. So the the question that I see circling on Twitter, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and there's no wrong or right answers because I agree with both sides. You have the group of people who say, "You, how can you send Piotr down? He now has his second shutout of the year. He's clearly played better than Ronta or Anderson have played thus far this year. He could easily be your starter going forward. There's that group. And yeah. I, I, to that group, I agree with you. However, NHL, we have salary caps. We have playing time. We have lots of other factors. In order to keep Piotr up, you either have to carry three goalies, which I don't think they're going to do, in part because of cap space. Not that they don't have it at all, but, you know, still yeah. might need to make a move, right? We still, you still don't have Kosh on the ice, although he's skating again. We haven't seen Patches in action, although he is skating again. You can't trade Anderson or Ranta, I don't think. They have value, but the likelihood that either of them will get hurt again this year to me is just too high. So if you were to move out Anderson or Ranta, that leaves you with Piotr plus one guy. If that guy then gets hurt, who do you have to call up? The Wolves are already struggling, right? Yeah. You don't have an NHL-ready goalie in Chicago that you could call up, even as a backup which means you just have to hang Piotr out there regardless of what happens. And if it ends up being an, an injury like the Anderson injury where we thought it might be you know, a couple of days or a couple of weeks and now it's been over a month, you, you can't afford that. You can't send uh, Anderson or Ronta down to Chicago because they're not going to clear waivers. No. 
So the only thing you can do, the thing that I expect to happen is they're going to send Piotr to Chicago, not because he should be in Chicago, but it makes sense fiscally for the team, for the, for the mm-hmm. Hurricanes. It makes sense from logistics of having three NHL-capable goalies. It gives Piotr more time in front of shots on net and a much softer defense than he has in front of him in Carolina, which his numbers may not look good, good is good, if that makes sense. But he needs more, like, you know, he, he's still, he's one of those guys, he's still young. He still needs shots. He needs to say things he hasn't seen before. He needs to deal with a little adversity. So I'll let you guys speak to it, but I, I totally agree with the people who want to keep Piotr up. I would want to keep Piotr up in a perfect world. I don't think that's going to happen not because of his play, but because of everything else around the situation says that's not the right call. What do you think, Daniel? Uh, I mean, going to the uh, the Canes cast, you know, Mike was Mike and Scott Burnside are in the in the thought of sending Piotr back to Chicago, let him continue to develop. Uh, whereas Shane Willis was in the camp of. What are you going to do to this kid's confidence? Well, I mean, honestly, Piotr's confidence is through the roof. If you, I'm not, if I'm you not just, sure anybody can hurt Piotr's confidence. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. Uh, and Mike's main argument was that the you because we know how good Freddie and Ranta can be, and we haven't seen that yet this season. Uh, and then to keep Piotr in Chicago, let him develop a little bit more, see a lot more shots because like the when it, my eye test for Piotr, because I got to see him last year and this year, is he can see through screens better this year, a lot better. Um, he's been able to track the puck because last year, I mean, even in like the Isles game at the end of the season, and then in against Boston, he was having a hard time picking up the puck through through screens. And Brad Marchand's not a big guy. Uh, obviously, we've all seen that picture, um, but he's definitely gotten a lot better and. I think being peppered in a in a softer defense there in Chicago is not actually a bad thing for him. He's going to see a lot more shots. Yeah, his stats aren't going to be great. And also, sometimes you have to go through. It's like the great resignation right now. People don't want to see that you quit 10 jobs whenever things get bad and go, oh, this guy's worked at some pretty impressive places, but he's only stuck it out during the good times. He's never stuck it out during the bad times. So it could be a character building thing. Uh, and I don't, I mean, I haven't followed Piotr to the point, you know, going back to whenever he was developing, but I mean, it is beneficial to sit on a losing team and know that as long as he doesn't feel that he has to carry the team, that he's really just focusing on the skills that he needs to develop. Um, so as long as they sit him down and explain it to him, why he was going back to Chicago and what they would like to see him work on and then touch base with him on a weekly basis to make sure that he feels like he's progressing towards those goals and not the overall record of the Chicago Wolves. Um, and then just have him be ready for whenever in the inevitable with Freddie and, and Auntie Ranta. I, I mean, I, I love, I, if I had to choose between Freddie and Auntie, I love Auntie Ranta way more, but I think yeah. everybody does. He's very charismatic or cares has, has very great personality. His smile lights up the, the arena. Like, it's one of those things. It's an enviable position for us to be in, but it's also like it has to be handled properly. 
And I think that there would be an understanding that upon Freddie's uh, return, you know, he, he was the big dog. He's got the years of experience. He was fantastic last year, besmirched by most who thought that there were other goaltenders that more, you know, deserved to be in on the Vesna trophy, which just wasn't true. He certainly had a Vesna trophy uh, worthy campaign last season and an early injury takes him out of his he needs time to get into the mix and you just cannot keep three goaltenders up you just you just can't and that i mean if they if we had three goaltenders up you'd never have to have a a david Ayers. and we know the how much we love david Ayers, right like we're just those situations uh you know I I think that being in this enviable position, I'm going to be very interested to see what happens at the trade deadline. And, and that's a little further down the road. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and, and another thing just to bring up for the people talking about this, I know for myself, I'm only talking regular season. Yeah. Rosters are expanded in the playoffs. There's no cap. Yeah. I would fully expect to see Pyotr Kochekov in Raleigh for the oh, postseason. 100%. So for, for the folks thinking about him getting sit down, just, just to keep in mind, we're only talking regular season, right? This is just, I think it's logistics. I think Daniel hit the nail on the head. They probably have already talked to him. When Anderson is back and he and Rontz are healthy, you're going back to Chicago through, not because of the way you're playing, but because logistically that's what needs to happen. We need you to develop. We need you to work on these things. Stay in shape. When the playoffs start, be ready to play. Yeah. And it, it's not going to be like last year where the Wolves were challenging for a cup. So last year, if you looked, our healthy scratches against the other teams was a lot smaller. Like the Rangers had half of their AHL lineup sitting there as healthy scratches. Um, the, yeah. I mean, the Wolves, I mean, I, I feel bad for the Wolves fan. I feel bad for Sam, who's a huge AHL uh, fan. But that I mean, the Wolves aren't going to be the Calder Cup team. Uh, I mean, they might make it into the playoffs, but I don't foresee them getting very far. They unfortunately, that's true of a lot of AHL teams, right? You win a championship, those guys get opportunities. You know, short contracts in the A, they spread out. That team gets rebuilt, and yeah, they. I don't think they've been terrible, but yeah, they haven't been the dominant team of last year. So, you know. Piotr getting shots on goal in in Chicago, I think, will help him develop, as we've all said. To back up half a step, just just while we're on injuries, did either of you feel as nervous about Foss being injured as Ajo when you heard he was out? Because my first thought was like, oh, like, oh, like that's one of the things that's working great for us is that third line. That almost worried me as much as Ajo once I knew that neither of them seemed to be really serious. I, Did anybody else feel out. that way? Like, oh, like, oh, Ajo's out. That's bad. Like, Foss is out. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, with uh, disrupting that third, that third line, when we have fully determined that Martinook is the perfect replacement on that line and it works really well, I, I was very nervous with not having Foss on there. And I, I was more, 
I was nervous that Faust was out. I was more perplexed as to who do you drop in there and why? Like that was my whole situation. And and Nason uh, seems like the uh, the perfect fit for that style too, because he does have scoring prowess, but he's gritty and tough. And like, I, I, I dig that. So that's a nice, that's a nice, it's a, it's a happy surprise, a happy discovery in a negative situation. When you know that Nason is a really good spot to fit in there in, in my thought. Um, but yeah, the injuries like that, a key players in key lines. Sure. That makes you uh, a little nervous. Sure. Absolutely. And I mean, then on the opposite end, um, Kasha is skating. Yeah. Seems to be hopefully doing well. I still worry long-term about his health um, as a person, even more than I do about his impact on the team. That's another guy who, if he could come back, can put pucks in the net and can put up mm-hmm. some points. That was what they were hoping for. Uh, you know, I, I play League of Legends, for example. You know, it's, you know, he's what we call a glass cannon. He's a master Yi. He can do a lot of damage, but, you know, it doesn't take much to knock him out. Unfortunately, that's just been his injury history. So, but, you know, Kasha's back on the ice. Patches has now been skating for a few weeks. It sounds like he's doing a couple of days on, then a couple of days rest or a day's rest. The expectation, I think, from Waddell's interview with The Athletic, we're still looking at maybe a late January or post-All-Star break time frame for a return, which, in my mind, I've said this all year, don't rush it. If, if that's an honest assessment, the dude's healed up, great. You know, would I like to, would I like to have, have him in the ice on the team in games two or three weeks before the trade deadline, I would, because that just gives you a better understanding of what might you need to do with the, the trade deadline. Is Go the ahead. Winter, is, the, is the winter classic an issue? And I, I uh, maybe that's a little cryptic in the question. So yes, you, you, you have me confused think, thoroughly, sir. Do you think, do you think the winter classic is part of the, trying to get him in at the end of January as opposed oh. to say the end of uh, so February the stadium series game stretch it out yes oh winter so Cla- I call it I, I would say yeah I, I do yeah. too sometimes so yeah the winter classic I think technically is what Boston this year at Fenway yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes the stadium series game I I don't think so because that has been such a phenomenal success from a ticketing standpoint they don't need to bring patches back to like drive excitement for that. People are excited if that makes sense. Sure. So I don't think that's it. I think from I think I'm I like to think that I think along Don's lines a little bit. I think Don is thinking if he's honestly healthy and we can put him in after the break and he's he's in in late January, early February, that gives me roughly a month to decide what pieces might we need. Where does he fit in? How good does he look? How's he feeling? To make a decision on do we try and acquire something? I know Don has said that you know think of patches as our deadline acquisition, but you know if they're in good shape, Don's going to go out there. Um, 
I actually fell asleep last night watching the 2006 Raising Cane's DVD. Nice. Where they, you know, they bring in Dougie Waite. And yeah, then, then Cole gets hurt. They bring in Recky. And I remember what a big boon that was to that locker room. So having patches back is like step one of that, right? He's right. You get that. You got a little energy. You got a guy who is a finisher, a guy who can put points on the board. That's what you're missing because we have so many guys who are so good at dishing the puck. KK, Tara Vinen, even Ajo to a lot of extents. You know, I mean, he can score goals, but he he's so unselfish. And I like, it's like, you know, not that, that, not that Patches is a selfish player, but Patches is definitely the guy who's like, oh, I have the puck. Can I put it in the net? And then if yep. the answer is no, then can I find somebody to pass to? And Svechnikov seems to be developing a little more of that. And then I like that. And Marty Natchez, I think that's maybe a switch that's gone off in his head too. Like, oh, I have the puck. I should probably shoot. Like, yes, you should. We can't be six guys in the top six who want to pass. We need to have yeah. two or three guys who want to pass. And we need to have three or four guys who want to put the puck in the net. So very excited to see patches progressing. I'm happy to see Kasha on the ice. Mostly I'm worried about Kasha's health long-term. I would love to see him and see where he would fit in, you know, into the regular lineup if he could stay healthy. So where, where are you at with this, Daniel? Patches skating is a great. I mean, obviously we know that his timeline is not really determined by us. Uh, there's a lot of things that factor into patches. Kasha, on the other hand, that's really on him day to day, how he feels, how his doctors feel. Cause I mean, he has a whole other doctor staff that he's been dealing with aside from just the canes. Cause you know, he, I know he realizes the gravity of the situation and I'm pretty sure he's spoken to Shane Willis before. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I saw him in person whenever they had the season ticket member event and uh you know obviously i saw natchez and i told him that i was really happy that i saw him you know drop two two goals against the panthers in the preseason game and then i welcomed kasha to to raleigh and he said that he's loving it so far uh but i mean or i would really like to see him back on the ice uh but yes at at the extent of his long-term health because i mean even in the military they tell you all the time you know like uh, you know, you don't have to spend the rest of your life with us here. You have to spend the rest of your life with your family. Yeah. And uh, you eventually got to look at what's good, best for you for the, the length of your life, not just, you know, the best years of your life. Um, but Kasha, yeah. I mean, he'd be a great uh, boost, especially to the fourth line. Uh, and I think that's the only way you could really ease him back on. But uh, I, I, I wanted to bring up one thing about uh, Faust because you said Aho and Faust being out kind of made you a little bit worried. Uh, if you think back, the last time that the line minus Nita Rider uh, was even tinkered with or changed was uh, after the Colorado game where Anderson went down. Uh, Stahl took the hit from Kale McCarr and was knocked out of that game and the following game in Arizona. And right. Domi stepped up and centered that line when stall was out so we'd seen a a different look uh and i expect if something were to happen to stall that it would be stastny again to 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 step in um but now we know that we have a piece to replace foss because foss has been mr consistent oh no uh, kidding i mean one of those underrated guys that you don't 
talk as much about, but who always seems to be in the right place and is always getting the job done, right? Yeah, I mean, because I don't know what it is. It's like Martinuk and Faust. Martinuk, whenever he slings that puck across the paint area, because he centers more pucks than I've seen, like, ridiculous rate at which he centers pucks. But it seems like Faust's stick is either there to either tip it or to push it towards the net. Uh, and it's just a thing of beauty to see how three guys are all on the same wavelength and think about the same exact thing. Step one, hit hit the person in front of me. Step two, find the puck. Step three, center the yeah. puck. Like all three of them. It's, just, it's like they have three steps and that's what they do. And then they, it's like whenever they get to the bench, all they do is talk about how long they kept it in the offensive end. Because like playing defense, is back checking to get the puck to the offensive end. That's yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it was, uh, I think, and and I'll bring this up last night. Uh, you know, even without even without Bost, that third line was just dominant, and it had so much to do with Stall. You know, like he was, he was. Uh... <laughs> He was in Barzell's kitchen all night, all night. It was, it was suffocating. And at the end of the game, Brad always usually like Brad will check in with me every now and again and said, who gets the stick? And I said, you know, you might be tempted to give the stick to Stastny for getting his first. You might be tempted to give Piotr the stick for the shutout. But if you don't give the stick to stall for what he did to Barzell last night, you and I are going to go around and around. And I yeah, don't normally... Stall is going to get that stick today. <laughs> yeah, like... I don't we, want Ray throwing was, hands. He was, he was just sensational. He, that, I mean, and I think it was a, 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 a just microcosm of what the whole game was for that team. That was a complete game last night. A complete game where everyone did well, even despite having players short. And that just, when your player's short and you can put out the best game that you've played all year, in my humble opinion, the best total complete game all year, it tells you what the uh, mentality is of this team and the belief that they have in each other and in what they're doing. It's uh, Rod's got the perfect culture there. How many, how much more, how much bigger are the players out of the game than Aho and Boss? Like, I mean, yeah, okay, maybe if you took out Aho and Natchez or whatever, then there's real panic, right? But that was a big loss last night, and they were just bulletproof. They They played so well. They were up to the challenge. They were, they were, and that's what you love to see, and that has a lot to do with Rod. And it's a great way to to look at the week ahead because we got four games coming up before the next time. We do. Uh, well, and seven of nine at home. Yeah, close which out is the nice. month, it's which about is huge. time, right? About time to have some home games. Uh, our, our Raleigh Caniacs out there, my gosh, they, they need a chance to, uh, you know, get out there, raise some heck, you know what I mean? And, and fuel, fuel the boys when we, when they need it. And, uh, first they got to take care of the final game of the road trip in Detroit. We spoke about this last week, 
Brad. Uh, we always have difficulties with the wings for some reason. Um, let's hope that they can bring last night's effort into that game as well and uh, really uh, make that road trip one of the best that they've had ever. Because you come away with 11 out of 12 points on a six-game road trip that included a shooting out west, you're laughing. Like, that's really, I mean, that's really what you want. And we'll say a lot. But then the home games Thursday is going to be a great one. Uh, it's Star Wars night on Thursday. So that's going to be exciting. And well, let's go, let's go through all the games here because w- the Wings on Tuesday in Detroit. Thursday, who's dancing with us? Seattle. Seattle, the Kraken. It seems, you know, a, a very good Seattle Kraken team. Yeah, I'm I kind don't... of thinking league wide. Those, you know, Seattle's third in the Pacific, but they Ooh. only they're only three points behind the Canes. They they've really played well. They have. It's not the same team that we made look silly in October. Just no, throw that out there. Yeah, you're 100 percent right, Daniel. Man, they they are just playing some fantastic hockey, winning big games, getting contributions throughout the lineup. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I right. mean, they're playing. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing but great. Their goaltenders have been just standing on their heads. Oh, I I, I normally catch their games late. Uh, that I because I don't. I'm not like a everyone else. Like I have a second team or anything. But mm. if I were to have a second team, I'd probably gravitate towards them just because I have family in uh, Washington State. So, well, but, I mean, they they are fun to watch. Their their uniforms are gorgeous. That troll is scary though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know, and 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 there's a good reason to stay with them because Ron Francis is running the show over there. Morgan Geeky, I, I'm t- yeah, Morgan Geek, and I'm telling you, I own a Kraken hat. I love the, but it, it's my support of them and that purchase and stuff has everything to do with Ron Francis. It's just that's. I mean, little ball of hate is in Anaheim. I don't see you wearing a Ducks jersey around. Uh, you know, I <laughs> I love. I won't. Yeah, I love no. Beaks. <laughs> I, I, did, I did too. I did too. Oh my gosh. He was a, a little ball of hate. I freaking love I really need that. to find a highlight video of him on YouTube and watch it because I need to understand why he's the little ball of hate. Oh man. He oh, will help you find one, I think. Yeah, he was every bit that. Then Saturday, you want to talk about teams that are playing fantastic. What in the heck are the Canes going to do with Robertson? When the stars come to town, because the stars are fantastic. Ottinger, probably the starter, who is uh, he, he's sensational. And I don't want to see, I don't want any part of the stars. I'm telling Robo's you, Robo's so Ott- fun to watch too. Oh, I mean, isn't he? I mean, you know, if uh, I think it was NHL Network put out there on social media, like who uh, young players, ex- excluding like. Crosby, Ovechkin, these guys like younger players. Who, who do you build a team around? I said Svechnikov, but Robo would be the other guy. Yeah, I immediately think about if if you're if you're telling me I get first choice, I can pick any any you know say under twenty five guy in the league. Those are probably my top two picks. Robertson is just man, so much skill, so much skill. You don't get to. 
I, I don't get to watch him all the time, but the times that I uh, like, I go through the highlights and you see the goals, the goals that he scores. It's frightening to think that you got to play against that and what you ha- would have to do. I mean, so Stahl took care of Barzell pretty well. You know darn sure that the third line is going to be all about taking care of Robertson and trying to keep him out of the game. And Stahl's a veteran, and he's got lots of tricks up his sleeve, but Robertson's a different beast. And depending he's on depending on how that game goes, I could see Robertson getting moved around a little bit. Uh, yeah, because we have last change. So playing the shell game. Yeah, that that's going to be uh, interesting matchup. Just and also it's interesting because I mean, if uh, what is it, Merchant? Uh, we tried to sign him before we pulled off the Burns and yep, uh, yep. Burns trade. Uh, and you know, Burns probably had the stars number one on his uh trade list that he would go I, to i wouldn't doubt it and then stastny chose to sign with us instead of the stars so i mean there's there's some uh there's definitely a little bit of you know animosity yeah back off yeah. animosity there uh so it and if i recall correctly we didn't beat them at all last year both games nope so there's dallas is a team i i like to not like you know, I don't want to say hate. I don't like to yeah. hate them. But our our Finnish contingent, you know, that's another team. A lot of fans, right? You have Robertson, who's excellent. You have Ottinger. It's a really dynamic team. They're fun to watch. I was pulling for them out of the West the other, you know, last year mm-hmm. and, and before, hoping that they could do something. And then you got to follow up that game with the Pittsburgh Penguins the next day at five divisional opponent they're right there with you then it gets worse in some ways because <laughs> then, then on tuesday you got to take on new jersey and i think that's going to be one of those where how far have we come this season yeah because new jersey's only about seven points ahead of you in the standings they're they've been very good oh but not so good i mean for all the hurricane struggles they've been getting points consistently they're not Excuse me, they're not that far back. So you so on Sunday you have Pittsburgh as the second team of a back to back. And then the end of the week, you have them on Thursday for the front half of a back and back. Oh. Pittsburgh Philly. <laughs> and then just cause just because there's only two other games that month, Chicago on Tuesday, and then you have the kitties on thir- on uh, on Friday the thirtieth. So seven games. I'm sorry, nine games, seven home games, which is a big part of this. That's the Canadians will Christmas, be loud and proud. That's holidays. going to be, you know, that's going to be a big deal. That home ice advantage, last change, putting stall against the guys you need to. And then just real quickly, 3 p.m. January 1st, you get to go at New Jersey a second time in two weeks. Oh, We have a lot of good hockey coming up. A lot of games that should be exciting. They're not going to win them all, everybody. Just keep that in mind. They're not going to yeah. lose them all. Win, you know, win the games that you should win. Yep. Right. You know, you want to take that Detroit game if you can. They're a divisional or they're they're an Eastern Conference opponent. Yep. Seattle is Seattle. Dallas is Dallas. But then you got four big ones: Pens, Devils, Pens, Flyers. 
Sheesh. Take those games. Get those points. The goal differential keeps getting better. The Hurricanes are up to a plus seven. Two weeks ago, when we started tracking this, they were even. So yeah. in in you know two weeks or just four or five games, plus seven goal differential. That's a, in my mind generally a good statistic about how your team is playing. That's why New Jersey is a plus thirty-seven because they're playing excellent hockey. So For I'm looking sure. forward to it. Daniel's going to actually get to go to some of these. Ray, I'm jealous. Yeah, I want color me jealous too. For Christmas sure. is coming early for me, guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're going to be loving that. And you know, you talked about uh, Thursday night being Star Wars night, and you got you know family coming with you. It's going to be great. Uh, the one thing that I really like about the the Hurricanes organization is their social network expert, their promotions, the things that they do. Like, I don't see it all, but I see little snippets of it from a distance. And North Carolina night, that's coming as well, where they get a chance to, uh, the the boys will all come out in their ice cap jerseys at the pre-game skate, which is going to be great. February 10th, I believe. February's getting to be packed. Well. Shortest month of the year, all the coolest promotions. They're putting it all into that week of uh, excitement for the the stadium series game, right? Because it's it's coming the build out. Build up, yeah. Uh, the Hall of Fame. They're just building it up slowly, ratcheting things up. I mean, they do some great work. They do some great work. I I love what uh, the the promotional aspect, and you it, it can't always be just about the team. I think there's like a hand in the glove, right? The team is great, but if you're promoting it well, it makes it even better. You know what I mean? Like the the promotions team are are doing a great job and uh, building up the uh, excitement that they and, do all the and time. This is one, and Ray, this won't mean as much to you not being from Raleigh at all. And Daniel, you'll have to forgive me. I can't remember if you ever had watched or followed the Ice Caps. I was so excited to see on social media how many people. We're posting pictures like, oh, like this is my old ice caps puck. Oh, we still have ice caps mugs. Tons of people like myself are like, please tell me these jerseys will be available for sale. I can't be there, but I'll beg Daniel or somebody to like pick me up a jersey if, if they're available. I think they actually just a cool promotion. Just a, such a cool promotion. I, I know the press release said that they would have ice caps like paraphernalia or merchandise in the eye. I I I know I didn't see them specifically say jerseys i know the the warm ups will probably be all auctioned off for charity which you're not might, getting them <laughs> well, I, well I, I might have to see about christmas and begging might be like your piotr try it, his jersey last year oh, <laughs> piotr was out of range but i i i, I could have certainly gotten a couple of the other wolves game used uh without killing myself like i definitely would have had to sell a couple of things to to to, to offset but I was just really excited with how well received the Ice Caps idea was for for North Carolina night, and it was really cool seeing. And I mentioned this, you know, last year my my Christmas wish on Twitter was I want to get a Lyle Wild Goose jersey, a one of the great names in hockey of all time, Lyle Wild Goose, yeah, phenomenal hockey name. <laughs> and yeah. then Twitter comes through for me, right? Yeah, I get, I get. A stick that uh, that had belonged to Lyle, and then I, you know, I and we've told the story this before. 
somebody messages me also with the last name Wild Goose. It's Lyle's son. He told his dad about me looking for a thing. Lyle ends up giving me a practice jersey from his own closet. I posted oh, the man. pictures. He had some of the boys who still live in the area sign it. It is hanging up six feet away from me. It is in a very special place. Uh, I wish it fit me. Uh, Lyle is a much slimmer person than I was when he was playing. <laughs> um, but it, 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 I literally was in tears when I saw it because it means that much to me that, to have those memories of sitting in a Dorton arena and watching guys like, you know, like Lyle take the ice. The battles, particularly against the Admirals, is one of the teams that was just always going to be, I mean, it's ECHL hockey, right? They're all kind of like, you know, down and out, you know, knuckles as, as much as it is yeah. goals. But to see so many Kaniacs come out like, oh, you know, I remember going to Ice Caps games. I like the Ice Caps. We have Ice Caps merch. It really helped cement for me. It really made me feel proud of the Hurricanes have really, I think, cemented North Carolina as a hockey destination, a hockey state. Yep. But clearly the Ice Caps had maybe a bigger impact than I realized in helping lay those foundations. And it's not just the Ice Caps. Um, I know a couple people mentioned the Greensboro Monarchs were displaced when the Hurricanes came to town in those first few years in Greensboro. So they lost right. their team. But you, so you have the Monarchs, and I, you know, you'll find Monarchs fans. I still, an old neighbor of mine played for the Winston-Salem Thunderbirds back in the day when I was a kid. I remember thinking he had the coolest job ever. And I didn't know at the time he had, he played, he had that job and another job because he yeah. see y'all guys didn't make much or I can't remember the federal uh, federated league or I found what league they were in back in, you know, in the late eighties, I think it was or early nineties, but it was, I really was impressed by how many people had ice caps memories and things to share. And it just goes to show you that a lot of hockey fans in North Carolina are transplants and they are people who started with other teams got here, but those folks who are ice caps fans, they might have been transplants then, but that means they were transplants in the eighties in the nineties. You know, they're not new transplants who are new hockey. These are old time folks who just really love hockey. And, and what a great, yeah, I, I can't wait. That's, I'm really, I can't be there. Um, if, if I could work it out to be there for that one, I would certainly try, but I don't think it's doable. But what a, of all the, the theme nights that I'm, I'm seeing, that's the one I would be most excited about. So. No that, that's my spiel. I, I'm sorry. I, I get very nostalgic thinking about, no, no, thinking about her early caves and, and, and those ice caps memories because those were just really great times. Uh, you know, me, shout out to all the folks down at Wake County EMS, uh, Nightdale and Garner EMS. I was, I was a, a paramedic uh, or EMT at the time. And going to games with those guys as a group is one of the things that got me into hockey you know, even more so than, than, you know, like, you know, my dad having come from up North. So very, just love it. We're, we're going to wrap things up shortly, but first let's take a look around the league and Daniel, uh, I'm going to look at you and uh, kind of put you on the spot here. Are there any major surprises here that catch you off guard when you look at the standings, where things are at in the league? What, what jumps out at you? Ah, man, the Eastern, the Metro is crazy. So uh, let's see. We are not that far away from the 
from New Jersey. Actually, we're tied with uh, 36 points with Pittsburgh. Uh, yep. The Islanders are two points behind us. The Rangers are three points behind us. Washington is managing to keep beating OV open net goals. Uh, and they're six points behind us. Uh, Metro's not locked in right now. I mean, there's a possibility we could end up not being in the playoffs based off of how everyone is playing. Uh, and no question. Uh, so, like, you can't sleep on it. And then, of course, uh, Philadelphia, uh, I mean, they're sitting with 24 points. But, I mean, it takes one run towards getting them back on track. I mean, him and him and uh, T.A., I know we, we dropped the D out because his efficiency for defense is 1%. Uh, yeah. He's a 1% better at D than the three of us, and that's saying something. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, we could put a pylon out there, and uh, it would definitely hold up more weight than uh, than Tony would. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, since they're having a balling out, I mean, the biggest surprise would just kind of be the fact that I mean, the Blue Jackets are a dumpster fire. and the that you can't really sleep on the coyotes man the like i don't understand these guys <laughs> like maybe it's a chip on their shoulder but like they beat boston the other night 3 to 4 yeah uh, they're they're beating people they're not supposed to beat and maybe hey. it's, it's just kind of a, a weird weird year so far it is. And it was like uh, we had mentioned, I had mentioned earlier, I'm not promoting gambling, but an interesting stat that I had come across was the fact that the Arizona Coyotes right now are paying back better than almost every team in the league as far as gambling goes, because they are always this huge underdog, but they still come out with wins. They only have 20 points on the season. They've only won eight games. Like, but those eight games have paid out a lot of friggin' money, you know, and, and it's plus there's the whole, uh, you know, against the spread, right? Some, when, when you're giving the coyotes two goals to start the game before the whole thing starts, you can easily bet on them and still make lots of money because they're staying close in the games that they're losing. And again, I'm not promoting gambling. I'm just saying. That it go it echoes what you're pointing out about Arizona. It's like they're 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 not someone to be looked over. Um, Brad, I, I'll jump in now. Brad, for me, there's a couple of teams that really stand out. Vegas, where they are right now, I was really surprised considering we robbed patches. We robbed them blind to get patches. And they are now, they've got 41 points on the season. They're, they're leading the Pacific and not by a little, like they're, yeah, run, they're running away with it. Right. So that, how did they, how did they get better when they had to sell, sell out their best play? Like, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but they're making it work. They're making it work and they're doing well. And, and, you know, Winnipeg deserves. I'm going to give the props to Boston too, because holy, holy cow. Four regulation time losses. That's it. Wow. Wow. And they had so many injuries and I know Brad, it's, that's eating you up. I can see it in your face, the pain. And I get it. I get it because you're right there. Um, 
But then on the other side, I'm also surprised with Calgary. Calgary, who is a team that has all sorts of talent and skill and stuff, are nowhere near where they need to be. And they're not playing very well. And the only other thing in the league, I'd say, is Mitch Marner with Toronto. Holy cow. Everything he touches is is uh, leading to goals. It's it's amazing. They're 8-0-2 in their last 10. Isn't that That's something. That's something to say for the Leafs. Makes my wife happy, as she is a Leafs fan. Happy wife, um, happy life. Indeed. Indeed it does. Uh, Brad, what, when you look at the league, what stands out? Um, um, I'll go through kind of quick if I can. Um, New Jersey obviously has played exceptional. Sure. Um, uh, otherwise, in the Metropolitan, I think Columbus is the only other shocker. To, to pick up Johnny Hockey and then you know, be 9-15-2 is just, with a negative 32 goal differential, it's just, wow. I don't think Nine anybody saw four? that coming. 9-4, to four, Buffalo? Oh my gosh. I mean, that's that's brutal. Uh, everybody else in the Metro, I, I could see being in that middling area, right? Carolina, Pittsburgh, Islanders, Rangers, you yeah. know, in the middle. That makes sense. Pittsburgh's, Boston came out on fire. Uh, Pittsburgh's eight one and one. Last ten. <laughs> yeah. One of those one of those lost oh, we lost you, Brad. I was just going to say, a couple of teams, yeah, everybody seems to be trending upward in the Metro kind of together, which is scary. Oh, very, very much so. I mean, that's going to get disrupted this month, or this the next two weeks. We're going to see how it shakes out. A lot of Metro games coming up, yeah. Shuffling the deck a little bit, perhaps, perhaps. Let's hope we end up on top. In the the Atlantic, Boston and Toronto are up top. Tampa Bay's up there. Florida's further down than I would have thought. Montreal, Buffalo, and Ottawa being at the bottom makes sense. Uh, yeah, big props to Winnipeg right now atop the Central. Yeah. Colorado, nobody would have predicted the injuries. You know, to say the Stanley Cup champs would be middle of the pack is something. Uh, the Blues also. Yeah, the the Blues. I, I'm surprised are lower than I expected. And then you, so Vegas, I think is Vegas has a management problem. They had the players, but they just couldn't. You know, they always seem to be not quite doing the right things. Yeah. And with, you know, with Jack Eichel playing well, that helps. The big surprise to me in the Pacific is Seattle. Yeah. I mean, holy, so, I mean, 33 points. So, you know, they're, they're kind of doing what the Kings are doing, right? They're 15, 8, and 3. But they're 7 and 3 in their last 10, which is a three game losing streak. They were 7 and, you know, 7 and 0 prior to that. Yeah. But Seattle's kind of come out of nowhere because I don't think, Anybody I know expected them to be contenders. Yeah. And those guys, you know, if the old tradition of people in playoff positions at Thanksgiving usually end up in the playoffs, they'll be a playoff team in their second year. That's fantastic. That's, That's good for outstanding. hockey. It's very good for hockey. A hundred percent. And and we're gonna get another up close look at them and and uh and Mr. Forsland comes back to Raleigh. We don't hear him unless, of course, we go with the the Kraken feed. But I, do you think he, because I the way he's called games, he's always been great and equally enthusiastic on both sides and stuff. I know we're not going to get a, hey, hey, what do you say? And, you know, but... <laughs> 
when when we score against Seattle, do you think he'll be in, you know, he'll give it the proper enthusiasm or is he going to just deadpan it like, oh, and there, and there there's a goal. Yeah, John, that's one of the things I loved about Forsland is he was excited no matter who scored. Yep. He was more excited when the Canes scored for sure. Yeah. But he like, John's a guy that I think he just enjoys hockey and calling hockey games. So, and I, you know, I think there'll be something there. I, I think he'll give a little, little something there for the Canes fans. I'm, mm-hmm. I will definitely be listening to the Seattle feed for that game. I think Mike okay. learned a lot because he, he gets animated even when, uh, when opponents score against us, like, especially if it's a yeah. goal. So that's what I like about all like uh, the home one, the home, the homers. Like I, I get being excitement. You're promoting your home team and all the rest of it. But uh, sometimes you got to tip your cap. You know what I mean? When you see a great play on the other team and you just got to, you know, whatever. And there's some teams that will refuse to give you the kudos. They just refuse. They'll deadpan it and whatever. But uh, John was not one of them. I, uh, and Mike, Mike does great. I love Mike. Uh, John is outstanding. Like for me and John is up there with, um, with, you know, check in the letter K in my mind as the greatest. Right. So I got them in very exalted places. Uh, we have talked about so much. This has been a great episode. Hasn't it? I mean, really, yeah, this, and, this and be I, a long one. Yeah, it's it's it, it'll be a long one, and but it's great because again, Daniel here joining us in the storm cellar. Uh, Daniel, thank you again so much. The hat joining us today, sharing your wisdom, the smarts, your predictions. I'm I'm loving it. I I one of the one of the guys that we always have us. We, we should like put a on one of the stools in the cellar there, we should just put his name on it. You know what I mean? On the chair, <laughs> just say this, this is the one spot Reserves. for Daniel reserved for Daniel. Cause man, you always make it great. Oh, I mean, I appreciate being, having the opportunity to come on. I mean, I was kind of hoping some of the other names that were dropped would actually show up too. Uh, and Moose, if you're listening, you still got to come on the show. So, oh yes. Yeah. I got to have my people connect with his people. Yeah. <laughs> They'll have lunch. Yeah, oh, it's been it's been a great episode. We've talked about so much, covered it all. There's really nothing left to say, is there? Go Canes. Go Canes. Go Canes. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Ray and I greatly appreciate your support in helping us produce an informative and fun podcast. As always, we'd like to say that we believe hockey is for everyone. Whether you're a Kaniac or a bunch of jerks, doesn't matter, as we're just a couple of jerks anyway. We would love to hear your questions, comments, and suggestions. We will do our best to answer anything hockey-related. You can reach us via email at stormseller97 at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at stormseller97. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormseller97.